survivors and welcome to Health Drink, a Silent Hill podcast by Resident Evil fans for Resident Evil fans. This is First Aid Spray bonus episode number six, and in this edition we cast our gaze upon the other massive horror franchise that turned to the silver screen in film club, Silent Hill. My name is Cyniac, you can just call me Cyan. Joining me on the panel this week, joined inexplicably by a man with a rather pointy hat for a head, it's boy wonder Adam Russell Reeves. Hello. Portrayed in this episode of the podcast by everyone's favourite dying expert, Sean Bean, it's Firebutton Steve Vance. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> and stepping all over established story in order to shoehorn himself into the episode, it's Moist Owlet, aka James. Hello. <laughs> the There's subjects... some meta commentary here. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when I have way too long to think about these intros. <laughs> the subject of this bonus episode, like all others, was voted on by our Patreon backers. Support the show now to not only keep us afloat, but to also create new content, select what that content is, and hear it one month before everyone else. Tiers begin at just $1 a month. Check out patreon.com forward slash Pod for the full breakdown. So, the subject at hand is the Silent Hill films. We have talked about the original Silent Hill game, and uh, one of the polls that went up this time around was for horror video game movie tie-ins uh, silent hill rather handily won that one um which was i don't know kind of exciting i think there's some positive things to be said just to sort of spoil it a little bit you know it's there's something there to talk about but then i thought why not throw the sequel in as well so not only will we be talking about the 2006 uh, silent hill film we'll also be talking about silent hill revelation 3d as well to bulk out the episode and it has been a little bit of a while since we did a bonus as well so Maybe there's a little bit of something extra as well. So let's roll right into it. There's no delay here. Let's jump into the first film. It was released in the spring of 2006, directed by Christoph Gans. It's written by Roger Avery, which is a rather decent name. You might know him from films like Killing Zoe, Rules of Attraction, Beowulf, and he's uh, credited as a sort of contributor of Pulp Fiction, of all things. The film had a budget of $50 million. It made $20 million back on its opening weekend at the box office, finished at $46 million domestically and $90 million worldwide, so a pretty big success. Uh, it made it one of the top 10 most, like, sort of highest-grossing video game films for a good long while. Uh, obviously, it's been 14 years now, so of course it's been knocked off by the likes of actually big, or really big, successful video game films that we've had in the last few years in particular. Um, and in terms of a reaction, it has a 31% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes and a 31 on Metacritic, which rather importantly makes it lower than any Resident Evil film ever released. Um, sort of backstory behind the film, Christoph Gans um, was looking to acquire the rights to a Silent Hill motion picture for about five years, sort of courting Capcom. He sent them a video explaining his love for the games and his vision for the film, and they gave him the rights in 2004, and then production began. And I'll also read the synopsis, one that I've just ganked off of IMDb. Uh, Sharon De Silva wakes up every night screaming about Silent Hill. Pursued by a police officer suspicious of her motives and swerving to avoid another child, her, adoptive mo her adopted mother crashes the car, knocking herself unconscious. When Rose De Silva awakens to find her adopted child is missing, she searches the fog and ash-blanketed town for her beloved daughter. So that is a fairly accurate one-ish, one one, maybe half a one-to-one one, uh, adaption of the original game set up to some degree. But let's jump back to perhaps 2006 or whenever you guys first saw this film and uh, do what we usually do and talk about our introductions to the Silent Hill film franchise. Um, Steve, what was your earliest memories with the Silent Hill film? Did you see it upon release? 
I did. I remember seeing it at the cinema. Uh, I remember walking in going, ah, I like Silent Hill and those Resident Evil films are dire. So let's see if this is any better. I walked out going, oh, that wasn't completely an unpleasant experience. <laughs> uh, that that opinion has changed. Um, <laughs> Excellent. Adam, did you see this one release? Yep, yeah. Same. I, I went and watched this in the, the theatres. Um, and uh, I believe I had pretty much the same feeling as Steve. I was like, oh, this is this was good. <laughs> I enjoyed this. I also feel somewhat differently. <laughs> <laughs> and James, uh, did you see this film in the theatres at all, or have you seen it before the podcast at least? Uh, yeah, yeah, I did. Um, so Silent Hill, um, unlike Resident Evil, is the horror game that I did play as a child. Mm-hmm. Um, only the first one, though. And But what's... I think it's because I was in a little bit of an elitist mode, like, and it was 2006, everybody was, you know, high on their horse. So I didn't like the film. Right. I don't know why. I, that's the thing. I can't think why I didn't like it. I just didn't like it. I liked how it started and then towards the end. But now I like it. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what's weird. It's like now I actually like the first film. Um, yeah, I really like it. I think, I think my brain couldn't keep up with the story on screen, mm. right? You know, because with the game is interactive, but on screen, I couldn't keep up with it. I, I don't know why, but yeah. I, I didn't like it, and now I do like it. So it's the other way around. Oh, that's interesting. Um, my first viewing of the film wasn't at cinema. I'm quite, in the grand scheme of things, I'm quite a new Silent Hill fan, I suppose, in the last sort of five or whatever years now. Um, I did see the film at some point, probably... 2009 somewhere around there but I really don't have a recollection of how I felt about it especially because I didn't really have the context of the game I mean I knew sort of the style and that kind of thing um, and could appreciate that part of it but I don't really remember having any strong feelings coming out of that but I watched it again a few years ago for a video I did on my personal channel about video game films and uh, so this will be sort of like the third or fourth time that I've seen it now um and I think having the context of the games, since I've had the context of the games, uh, my opinion hasn't changed, but we will get into what exactly that is. So I think the most important start, we touched upon the story, but I think we should get back to that. I think the most important thing uh, about turning Silent Hill into a film is keeping the sort of aesthetic of Silent Hill alive. It's a hugely important component of the games. We talked about it in the Silent Hill bonus episode, um, and that was going to be a really important thing to try and get right on film uh be interesting to see what you guys think about how it's pulled off uh adam would you like to start what do you think of the aesthetic of the silent hill the 2006 film and does it did it immediately feel like the games you know i think it does a good job mm-hmm. um for me at least the the aesthetic is you know i i, I just watched this recently after probably not having seen it since the theatrical release right um and i feel like a lot of it stands up aesthetically and i think that even the games took some aesthetics from the movie like the uh when the world changes basically and, and you get that kind of pretty cool like flaking of all of the yeah. floor and the walls and stuff like i think that the games adopted that from the movie i know that wasn't in the original games mm. um so 
I think that's it's pretty cool. I real I kind of enjoyed the aesthetics. There's a little there's some shaky CGI, but you can't really right. blame it. You know, it was 2006, so it wasn't like I th- I think for the most part it stands up aesthetically, and it I think it does a very good job. I was not expecting the level of like creepiness um or like body horror because i was like well this is a you know it's silent hill i get it but it's a it's a movie based on a game Mm -hmm. i i wasn't expecting them to go as dark as they did in some places and i i kind of appreciated that um upon rewatching it i've kind of felt the same way i was like oh i forgot about all of this and this is you know there's like child rape and stuff in this movie which is pretty pretty crazy for like uh a uh something that's based on a video game you i wouldn't expect it to go there so you know it's i think that they they kind of went in fearlessly um i know the director was a was a big fan um and i was sort of looking up i was watching this one on amazon and it was giving me my facts and one of them (laughs) actually kind of blew me away um and that is that they actually made a hundred copies of the main character's outfit. Oh, right. Um, and they started with soft summary colors, and then as the movie progresses, it becomes grayer and grayer. Huh. Um, and then it actually goes to blood red at the end. Mm. Um, but the, because it was a hundred outfits, the, the change is so subtle that you really don't notice it, but it happens. And I was like, now I kind of want to go and watch it again and, <laughs> and see that. So... Mm. You know, I can't fault the the director for like really trying, sort of going all out aesthetically, um, regardless of how I feel about the 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 overall movie. I think mm. they did a good job. Yeah, I think it's definitely uh, one of the strongest suits it's, of the film. Perhaps, I was about perhaps, to literally say it's probably its strongest suit. Yeah, I was going to say perhaps its the sense strongest of style thing. and aesthetic. Mm, I did. I didn't realize that about the outfits. That's pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, there are some there are some dark parts of this film that um, stood out to me on multiple rewatches, like the bit in the bathroom with the bathroom stool and all that. And, that. and my my wife said when we were rewatching it that that was one of the scenes that stayed with her when she'd seen it the first time. She said that right. Like, there are very few uh, scenes in horror films that sort of not keep her up at night. That might be a bit extreme, but you know, make you uh, double double check down the hallway and make sure the light's on perhaps. Um, and, and that, that freaked her out back in the day in 2006. Obviously, like you say, the CGI uh, has aged somewhat. But overall, um, it looks like Silent Hill and it sounds like Silent Hill to me. Um, I was very, very impressed with the accuracy. Uh, James, how do you feel about how it represents the games? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it was a long time ago since I played that game, but I recently you know, watched you play it mm-hmm. as well. And... It really, really, uh, it pays homage to the game quite a lot, this film, when it comes to the sets and how it looks, because you get a lot of fixed camera views of certain yeah. areas, like the fenced-off areas and the school areas. You get these fixed camera views of the character running through, and it's like, you know, they actually thought about that, which, you know, bringing it back to the game, which I thought was really, really cool. Uh, I didn't realize the thing about the, the costumes changing, but it makes sense, because as you get through further and further into the film even if i yeah i I kind of had the you know the perspective of when i originally watched it didn't really understand it but that kind of makes sense because maybe i made my maybe my mind didn't want to go that far (laughs) into the dark you know but as i've got older i've let it 
kind of I've let that kind of side of it um, wash over me a bit more. And I, yeah, I can definitely, you know, I felt more despair as I watched the film. Um, and that's what it, they were going for mm. because it was they were going deeper and deeper into quote hell. They call it different things in the films, but um, the other world, yeah. whatever it, it is. Um, but yeah, I, I think it looks fantastic. And the um, the other thing I want to call out um, to the film as well, and positively, is um, you know with CGI, I don't like CGI being used much, but they also used a combination of CGI and practical effects in the same scenes, which I really liked. Mm. Um, I really, I really like that. I mean, it might have been a bit obvious in 2006, but I like it when they even attempt to do that instead of having just pure CGI stuff, uh, which tends to always take me out of a film. Uh, looking at you, Alien Covenant. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, I, 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 re- I really like the look of the film and how it progressively got darker and darker and and and, and stuff. Yeah, it's I, can't, I don't really have much more to add uh, other than that. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was very accurate about the um, practical effects and stuff like that. Um, obviously, we'll talk about the sequel a little bit, but where they did, where they could do practical, you can see there's practical there and a um, what do you, like, what do you call, call them monsters or whatever. A lot of the stuff that you encounter <laughs> in this first film is is people in costume, and, and you don't really think about it because it's so well put together. Well, they don't um, try I and slap really... CG on top of it. Oh, sorry, I was really worried going into it because the first sort of cg scene is like the gray babies and in my opinion it's the weakest yes um and i uh, when that when when i got to that part of my rewatch i was like oh no i was (laughs) like what am i in for but actually like that's probably the the weakest scene in my opinion um in terms of like believable effects maybe so so it was kind of funny to be like oh we led with like what looked the roughest um yeah, no, that you're right. That does stand out now. Once you once you finish the film, that seems almost sort of out of place. But I suppose, yeah, fourteen years ago, you'd probably have less right. that opinion. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, yeah, yeah, hindsight, isn't it? I guess when you got to go for lava, grey lava babies. I mean, that's what you get. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, what do you think of the look of the film? Actual look of the film, I think, is easily its strongest. Is its strongest like asset as a Silent Hill film. Like you watch any sequence where it's set in hell or the other world or whatever you want to call it you can tell that they've actually played the games mm. to acknowledge their existence and i would argue i know that you know early 2000 cg is probably going to be looked with the same lens that we're going to look at 2020 cg in 20 years sure. it's like you know going to be horrifically dated and kind of thing but but in contrast to the games that it's from and of that era i think it works because they almost seem like you know parallel to one another like, I mean, I'm not saying it looks like a PS2 game come to life, but I think that's the kind of thing they were going for. Mm. And uh, I think that works well. Like, there's um, and We were talking about like the Dutch angles and the weird camera shots. That, uh, I think one of my standout bits of just like seeing the environment is where they try and emulate the entire sequence where in the game, Harry lights a match and finds a uh, figure on like a fence before he gets murdered mm. in the early pregame. In this, it's obviously Rose finds a dude in a gas mask. Uh, the, the fact they try and mimic the actual camera angles of that sequence which in a video game is easy because you can pull the camera around wherever the hell you want as a game designer. It's pretty good. I imagine that took a lot of technical rigging and, and, and an, you know, an aspect outside of just set design. Um, visually, it's, yeah, it's the strongest point. Yeah. Uh, it goes to show that Dan's tra- really did uh, all those years of him campaigning for 
you know to get these film rights well you know his heart was in the right place if you want to say say it that way he really did he demonstrates that he does have that love for the source material yeah, I mean, just compare it to the first Resident Evil movie and be like, <laughs> in just in terms of source material, mm-hmm. you know, and be like, yeah, this is I really mean, Res- Resident Evil movie is is clinging on, you know, just by the barest of margins. Exactly, it's mm-hmm. the barest of margins to be like it's Resident Evil. Whereas this really, I mean, you know, it it definitely jumps in full force to be like, you know. It's an adaption. Um, it really an it's an adaption, adaption, and it's and it's kind of unflinching in its um, fanboyishness. Mm. It's like it, it doesn't offer, you know. I mean, look at the Resident Evil games, or uh, the Resident Evil movies. Almost all of them start with a bunch of just exposition from Alice, <laughs> just to be like, just so you don't have to know anything. Here's a bunch of exposition. Whereas in this movie, we do get an exposition drop, but it's right at this towards the end of the movie mm. so going into this movie you aren't they don't hold your hand they're not like this is what silent hill is about for the most of the movie you're just like i don't even really get it if you don't know silent hill yeah you're like the world is changing there's a siren going off is it what's happening so uh, you know I've, i think you have to applaud them for that hey, um sorry Steve, we, we cut you off to roll it back into aesthetics one proper second there though um there is a downside to it, and that is whenever the film is not in Silent Hill and it is not in, should we say, Rose de Silva's version of Silent Hill, it's bland. Hmm. It's very uh, dull and uninspired, which I don't, may, may be the point, you know, to make the, the areas where the, the story is happening seem a little bit more strong and vibrant, but then you should probably focus on staying there. Uh, any time when it's, like, dark and metal and rusty, they, they clearly have, like, at least thought about how to transfer this into a visual environment as opposed to just like going, oh, right, yeah, it's a school, so now it's an evil school, and therefore, you know, <laughs> um, it's, it managed to capture the otherworldly atmosphere of the games, I think, and that's something to be applauded. It's very difficult, I'd imagine, like, to actually pull off some of those shots from the original game, and they managed to pull that off. So I'm, I'm, I'm taking a long, long walk around a short point, but that's, it, it's really... I need to hammer that home because we are probably going to be not very generous to these films, or at least I'm not going to be after this. Um, and <laughs> yeah. This bit, this bit is the bit that impressed me. That and the end credits, but yeah. Yeah, it's getting its praises now because we're, we're probably <laughs> getting to it. Well, some more praises before we move on to sort of story and characters and all, all that stuff. Uh, also, just to shout out the music as well, not only the visual aesthetic, but they got, got the music right, which on a rewatch now after having played uh, Silent Hill 1, 2, and 3... It's strange. It's strange that you know. Obviously, you know you're you're working with the actual composer there, which is a, a good reason why. Um, then they're bringing in the major- classic classic pieces of music from the games. I said the majority of the tracks are from the games, but there That's are a right. few original compositions. Am I believe? Is that right? Well, well um, the, a fun Amazon fact for you guys. Go for it. So um, the director actually wanted all of the music to come from the games. Hmm. Um, but because they filmed in Canada, Canada actually has a law um, which includes its TV and movies is that you have to, a percentage of the movie has to be influenced or, or worked on by Canadians. <laughs> like they have a law, there's like okay. 30% or something. 
so the the music had to have a Canadian influence at one level. So um, the the music composer was hired as Canadian to remix the original oh, tracks. Right, interesting. Yeah, Pretty cool. When I was sort of I was sort of poking around the soundtrack for both of the films, and when you look into some of the the YouTube videos, the uploads of the songs, you see people in the comments saying, "Oh, you know." this passage here for 15 seconds is from such and such a track from Silent Hill 4 and stuff like that. So even in the way the score works, it's just they're weaving in loads of little melodies, stuff that I completely missed. But obviously, yeah, there's basically wholesale tracks that you would be very familiar with as a Silent Hill fan just dumped in it. And to be quite honest, personally for me, it was a little bit, it's just so weird, just weird to see it in this context outside of the games. I'm not saying it didn't work, it just, I think it made my head spin because of all these years of video game films, even today that we get, that don't reflect the source material to that level. Um, yeah, it's, it's really cool because, I mean, the Silent Hill soundtracks, are, they're fantastic, aren't they? So to actually have them represented in a film like this is, it's bizarre. It's bizarre to see them in a new context. Feather in its cap. And I don't think any other video game film besides maybe, what, the Sonic the Hedgehog movie has featured actual music from the games wholesale. And even then, that, that's only like, what, the Sonic Mania? Like, little jingle at the start of the film? Yeah, that's right, yeah. I was just trying to think what it was. I know there was a brief moment. Yeah, that's about the only one I can really think of, even... Yeah. I mean, Resident Evil has got a... No, yeah. It, they have all their own original music, Mortal Kombat, obviously the same sort of situation. I don't, I can't, I can't imagine that the Super Mario Brothers film from the 90s has da 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 in it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, I, I had forgotten about that. Thank you. <laughs> that's a great film, but that's a, that's a podcast for another day. Um, okay, well, in that case, then, uh, let's talk about the story, I suppose, next. Well, let's jump in with a quick fact because this is definitely aesthetics. Because um, I really want to touch on this before we go, but sure. apparently the pyramid head costume ha- had no back to the skirt, and the axe as it butters- buttocks were exposed. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you you never see it, but it was a thing, and like all apparently in the behind the scenes like um, <laughs> montage thing, like all of the actresses. Like, what's the deal with his ass being out? Uh, and they never explain it, apparently. So, see, just, to let you, just to let you know, whenever you see Pyramid Head, he's got a bare ass. I mean, that if they'd have shown it, that would have been put peak sound hell because there is weird monsters yeah, in these games. That is and true. That is. Are true. you hearing the scrape of his sword or the clap of his ass cheek? You know, it's so. <laughs> were any of you um were any of you put off by the fact that a lot of the creatures are James Sunderland's creatures? So they I mean yeah. in, in a in a um story sense, I guess we're we're mm. going there maybe, but a lot of them don't make sense. And yeah. it's I get, um, I understand the aesthetics, but I kinda wish they had tried to you know, they could have definitely gotten away with having just some some random original creatures. It still would have felt like Silent Hill. Mm-hmm. I one of my notes is pyramid head because of course you know because yeah he's in everything he now. just has to you know there's, if, it's, if it's something that has potentially a mainstream appeal he gets sort of shoehorned in now yeah, like, yeah it's, apparently I, James Sunderland is getting sexy everywhere <laughs> that's right yeah <laughs> had, had homecoming come out by this point do we know that I can look it up for you if you want to vamp I believe that's the first time in the games at least when pyramid head Shall we say, uh, goes out of his reserved parking space and is into other games. <laughs> yeah. 
Is that where he's sort of more established as the boogeyman? Yeah, I think. The, I, he just an appears. executioner more than you know, um, more than manifestation of guilt yeah, and right, personal absolutely. pain. Um, oh, I thought it was just kink shame. Kink <laughs> shame. <laughs> uh, Homecoming came out in two thousand and eight slash early two thousand nine. So no, this was sort of the yeah. beginning of that, I guess. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't massively keen, but it's one of those sort of things that where you just have to sort of let go of it a bit. Um, yeah, he is, he is the iconic right. Silent Hill villain, and he kind of was ever since he first appeared. Mm-hmm. So you can't blame them, but it would have been nice to see. You know, like they could have done. They could have changed it up a little bit. Cubehead, why not? <laughs> That's an evil within movie. Say, yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Damn it, Circlehead. <laughs> cool. Oh no, Persons. it's hexagon face. <laughs> Dodecahedron head. <laughs> it's just one of those things, isn't it? Where you just have to, you just have to accept it. There's a lot of little. As much as we can praise how well um, they, this is adapted from its source material in places compared to other video game films, um, there are still bits where you like, there's, there's no reason, there's no reason to change that. So, Sharon's name, I don't know why we have Sharon instead of Cheryl. I don't know why they opted to just flip the name slightly, but sure, why not? You know, it's video game movie adaption syndrome where things are just changed for no reason at all. But They have to use it. 30% Canadian names, so... <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah, no one will understand what Sharon means. That's not, that's not a name. But yeah, you know, the top of my story notes, Adam, as you called it, is that in theory you could watch this without any Silent Hill history and enjoy it enough um, to perhaps even check out some of the games, um, which is surprising that they... They went to the extent that they did. They really dipped into that original Silent Hill 1 plot when I, I Silent Hill 2 was right there for the taking. Um, when you think about it, it's quite surprising because even by 2006, the original Silent Hill game is kind of aged a little bit. Um, so I was kind of surprised that they went as far as they did adapt in the first game. It really is based somewhat on that plot with, with the child, with the lesser. Um, you've got some familiar characters that show up, some in really more minor roles, but you do have um, some more prominently, like Sybil as well. Uh, so so the story, at least in the first half of the film, is fairly intact, um, which, is a, which is a nice surprise. Um, James, how do you feel about the sort of... Let's talk about the first half of the story first, maybe. Um, how do you feel about the, the opening of the story, the pacing and that kind of thing? Okay, so I'm going to have a different opinion to everybody else, I think, because I actually really like the story. Um, okay. I, I, I kind of like uh, it grew on me over the years. Um, but yeah, the way it started, I liked it. And I tell you what, uh, is, is it Rada? Rada Mitchell? Yeah. Um, yeah. She is really good. <laughs> As a, I really like, and in comparison, I know we'll talk about it later, but in comparison to the second movie, right, as well, I know that's not really a good comparison, but like she is really good in expressing the terror she's going through. Right, but uh, yeah. So the film starts, and um, you know, I it's it's just it's just a nuclear family, and it's very sweet and everything, and yeah, and I, I, I it had a charm to it, and I liked it, and I was drawn towards it. Um, I liked her. What's her Rose? Right, Rose to Silver. Yeah. Um, I liked her character. I liked Sean Bean's character, even though he had kind of a uh, what's his name, Christopher, Chris, Chris, Chris Silver, yeah. Chris, Chris Silver, right? Even though he has a really rubbish. American accent. 
Just let him. <laughs> just let him be what he is. Okay. Just let him Trip be. Champions in he, the states, right? <laughs> yeah. Just let, just let it be what he wants to be. Um, but yeah, uh, he, he 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 was he was decent as well. I uh, like that. Um, yeah, and like when they, I really got the feel of the game when they entered Silent Hill. Mm. Like and like, uh, and again, I don't know why they changed the names, but they kept Sybil. Um, yeah. yeah very odd um but yeah like sybil turning up uh, she looked great mm. like she she looks so good and if you played the game before you knew what was going to happen to her and i like i kind of liked her as well in the film like I, even though i knew what was going to happen i thought no no i'm not going to get attached to this character but i did of course i did <laughs> right and yeah it was just uh yeah i like i like that first run up it, it was it was good and it, it it gave a good introduction to um the story overall um even though it was weird. It was, it was just like the game because the game starts up weird. You have no idea what's what's happening, what's going to happen. Um, and the film does exactly the same thing. It's like, well, what's going on? But I'm intrigued. Why is this happening? Right. You know, um, and it kept me going. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of mystery in there rather than the sort of plot dump that Adam was talking about with Resident Evil films. Say, there's a lot of mystery in there. Will slowly unravel sort of the, the history of the town and stuff as you go, which is nice because um, you get yeah. all those moments where you know of the road has suddenly missing. Um, yeah, and it's not it's not like, um, you know, it, it's well in, in my opinion. This is just my opinion, okay? But it's it's written well enough, you know, because there's some mis- you can just give yourself a mystery opening, and some people might be disinterested in it, mm. right? But they just give you just enough to keep your interest and keep going just like the game did. And I like that. That's a really fine line for films and, me- and just media in general. And it's something I really, really like. You, but you can go over the edge and it can make me disinterested in either way. I'm very fickle when it comes to that kind of line. <laughs> yeah, so, but they, they managed to keep me interested. Fantastic. Well, that's that's good to hear. Steve, how do you feel about the sort of setup to the film? Because borderline insane like i was expecting the first time a late late story twist that this is all in like you know rose's head Mm. because she literally basically sees her child is in distress and having nightmares googles it and then with no word to her husband just like all right i'm going i'm taking the child on a road trip to probably the other side of the living country i'm not going to tell you oh you've caught off my cards this is clearly a sane and normal proper thing to do (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, and then get caught up in this hellish nightmare world. Now, to be fair, once she's in there, her, her focus of saving Sharon is great. Mm. Like, you know, the fact that, you know, I can believe that. It's a little bit more... Ge- I, I know Parry was a bit one-note in the game, but it's, it's a little bit more genuine. Yeah. And her rapport with Sybil as at one time antagonist and now a temporary duo and stuff, that's great. I, uh, I, I can appreciate that as a character, but she's... The, the getting there... The actual getting there is complete, complete twaddle. Like, yeah, I just, I can't get into it. Uh, it it's like they get caught at a gas station. They don't, they seem to still manage to get fuel despite not being able to pay uh, with a police officer right there. Uh, you can get tattoos at that gas station though, Steve. So that's exciting. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> is, with a deep is, oh, like, and then, then you, they're suddenly in the thick of it from like one car crash, which to be fair, that actual sequence where they get in is like, that's, I mean, it's lifted from the game. So no mm. wonder it's like pretty bang on, but like that bit, that, gr- that singular crunch where you see Radha Mitchell hit the flipping steering wheel. I was like, Ooh, you know, 
oh, it's on now. Uh, and then, then, then you wake up and you start watching the film again. Yeah, yeah. It's a, there's some sort of, maybe not plot holes, but some just like some stuff at the beginning there where it's like... A quick Google and then I'm going to go on a road trip with yeah. my daughter? I don't say... So, I had a few questions. I mean, why does she leave for Silent Hill without Sean Bean's character? I didn't quite understand why she just go off without him. But more importantly, isn't it convenient that she doesn't know how to close a browser window so that he can see that GeoCities website that she was she, looking at about the town? But, isn't that but convenient? She, it, it's, it is convenient. Okay, but <laughs> in its defense, okay. Um, I understand Hill, for the audience, but yeah, but also like in terms of like the, the film is weird, and so is the game, right? So and it. it Silent Hill calls out to people, you know? Mm. So, like, I mean, I know it's Alessa that's really, um, and Sharon who's really being called out to, but in, you know, she's connected deeply. Sure. I mean, we're going we're gonna to get, you know, weird here, but she's connected with the, char- with, the, with the character that is the demon, right? And, yeah, so she might, like, she might just throw caution to the wind because of that and not care about Sean Bean. I don't know why you, you wouldn't care about Sean Bean because he's a lovely gentleman, but th- then just run away uh, and forget how to use Google tabs. <laughs> the other one that I didn't quite understand right before, once, a, like Steve said, once a film sort of really gets going, then it's fine, but it's just some of those opening moments. I understood why Sybil's character was sort of suspicious of what's going on with with Rose and Sharon, because you get that sort of backstory about her and the kid that gets kidnapped and taken to the town. I don't know why Rose suddenly decides to hit the gas. You know, she's terrified of there being a police officer near her. She doesn't know that this is what's about to happen, but they decide to tear off into this town where it all starts. Didn't didn't quite understand that personally, but never mind. All the same. Um, Terminator 2 the night before and got nervous. That's right, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, the big question was um, what's with the Sean Bean sort of character arc and B story that goes absolutely nowhere. You know, Sean Bean is a lovely gentleman, so why didn't they give him anything to do in this film? Um, uh, as alluded to, his his side story there, sort of, it's definitely the least exciting part of the film. It doesn't doesn't really amount to a whole what lot. What are you talking about, man? He gets to break into the records office. That's a thrilling scene. Oh, yeah, very exciting. <laughs> he waits for the guy to leave for two seconds before he shimmies in. <laughs> Hey, well, I, I was on the edge of my seat for that. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna see a familiar we're gonna see a familiar thing in the second movie as well, mm. like of a character that just shouldn't be there <laughs> in any way. Um, it feels like they had to fill time for the Sean Bean sequences just to just to hop onto the point because it, every time he's on the screen, the plot was going somewhere, and then he shows up. They have some exposition, and then we get back to the actual movie. Mm. Like anything yeah. that he discovers, we're gonna get told again by the end of the film from like you know be it the demon or a lesser or whatever you want to call it. Anyway, it, it, he, as much as I love Sean Bean, sharp banging show, Game of Thrones. I haven't watched it, but I hear good things. You know, he is completely, completely superfluous to this film. Absolutely, yeah. I um, think that um, I honestly believe the only reason he has a story arc is so that they can give you the twist at the end um, and Mm. not have you just be like, oh, it's just her husband, whatever. So you can be like, oh, like, but it doesn't pay (laughs) off. You know, I'm not, it doesn't work. Yeah. I don't know what they could have done with him. I really don't know what you could have given him to do in the sort of real world. Uh, He survived though. He didn't die. Well, exactly. I mean, you got, with, with his help and... 
they could have done it in some other way. They could have just removed him and just gone through the police, the police department, and done it right. But without him, you wouldn't have got to know some lore information sure. from that detective. Yeah, uh, that was kind of superfluous as well. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, no, but I, yes. I agree. But yes, as much as I love Kim Coates as well, Sons of Anarchy, banging show. Uh, yeah, and I actually did enjoy his character as superfluous mm. as those bits were. Yeah, he's a. Uh... He's great in this How film. old is that dude, though? He... In the movie, how old is he supposed to be? I wondered that as well. The movie, the fire, the fire happened 30 years ago, they said. Yep. So... He just ages gracefully. The power of Sam <laughs> yeah. Hill's ash. Kim Coates uh... is immortal. It's confirmed. <laughs> I Turns guess. out he was he the just... devil all along. Right. And also, <laughs> as a special shout-out, Kim Coates is the only actor we've been able to talk about from two different franchises completely on the show because, of course, he's in the Resident Evil oh, films and he's in the Silent yeah. Hill films. Oh, he's the that. secret. He's the only, he's the only actor to, that ties. He's the actor that ties it all together. So there must be something, something mysterious going on there. Kim uh, Coates is a nerd. <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> Probably. Uh, let's before we move into sort of the late game plot, uh, Adam. How did you feel about the sort of setup, getting into the Silent Hill stuff, early stages? Um, I would echo what most of you have said, to be honest. I actually, again, this is a, a, a part of the movie that I enjoyed. I like the fact that they didn't just drop everything in our lap at once and we were given time to to think about what it could be and, yeah. and to wonder about it. I like that. Um, yeah, she. it was a stupid... The, the, the protagonist <clears throat> is is dumb. Unfortunately, she she makes a lot of stupid decisions, including like I'm gonna drive away from this cop, um, and she's just kind of stupid from there on. But um, yeah, uh, again, the 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 Sean Bean stuff was kind of superfluous and unneeded, and took you out of it a little bit. But I I didn't have big problems with the story. Mm-hmm. Um, I I enjoyed the story, and and I found it to be interesting and i was appreciative that it wasn't just handed to me Mm. i was able to you know especially seeing as i haven't watched it since 2006 so a a lot of it was fresh for me even though i remembered the main beats of the story um it, it was still enough to to keep me interested and i was you know, despite the the slow parts and su- some off parts, I was genuinely interested during the the movie, and I'm not going to complain about that. Mm. I actually, the thing about the sort of some of the slower parts is it's it's difficult with these kind of ninety minute adaptions of video games because some of Silent Hill's strength as a video game is its sort of slowness, its its emptiness, its nothingness, you know, and that's obviously going to be a struggle when you turn it into a horror film because it needs to amp up every now and then and have some action moments but i think overall stylistically they did they did things right they did it right they paced things quite well um we can nitpick all these little things about the beginning of the film but but generally speaking it's pretty solid it's 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 really not bad at all but i'm gonna take a lot of issue with sort of the last third or so of the film i felt like it absolutely fell apart um you've got this needlessly evil cartoonish villain who um, never explained exactly why she's as evil as she is, um, but that's okay because she gets ripped to shreds. Um, it just gets just so over the top for me. I just feel like, yeah, the film just gets completely at odds with itself. Um, 
by the sort of conclusion in the, in the church. Um, yeah. And obviously we're going to, well, we'll talk about it when we get to the sequel, but the way that the film ends obviously doesn't match up with what's going to come later. Which, <laughs> it's that's not a, even that's in the But I, I thought it was a shame that you didn't get to see some of the stuff that you do get to see in the original Silent Hill game. But again, I can see why they changed it as well. I just, yeah, I, I really don't like the way that this film ends. It just sort of suddenly gets ridiculous out of nowhere for me. Um, Steve, how do you feel about the sort of the late stage plot, the conclusions and that kind of thing? Well, the, you know, Sharon's got over a weird possession nightmare stuff rather quickly. Uh, when you when you see her again, like very much after the car crash, anytime after that, she's just a normal kid who's terrified. Yeah, none of this weird stuff. Obviously, there is a there is a parallel to this that is uh, clearly the, the the real manifestation of evil. Mm. Uh, this cartoonishly, like that's probably as a as a mustache twirling villain goes, I enjoyed. But um, Alice Krieger's character, Christabella, the the witch hunter who just murders children for fun of it, apparently uh, because yeah. she doesn't like them. Yeah, uh, boring. Like, boring. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, it seems like ab- abject cruelty in a cult. I know, but you know, cult cult based horror. Like, yeah, unless it's done in like the Cthulhu myth- mythos, tends to not drag me in anyway. Um, and this just seems like uh, we don't like that person. Let's burn them. And and this one time that you know they they woke the wrong dog, they upset the wrong person, and it's resulted in um, abominations breaking loose thanks to Alessa making a pact with the devil. Mm. And then. Lo and behold, you know, two bad guys essentially have a face-off. I mean, it's more of a one-sided face-off. And then, bang, go, oh, that was that was a satisfying conclusion. <laughs> yeah. You know, everybody dies. Yay. <laughs> I, it's weird, though, because back in the day, I thought this was like, oh, yeah, this is this is really good, like, adaption of Silent Hill. But now the narrative's just like, it goes its own place after they reach the hospital. I mean, even then, I mean, the narrative's already going in its own weird positions, but the whole get possessed by the devil to take on a church and then murder the entire church and then possess a child to then keep them trapped in the limbo world is a very strange end game plan. She also obviously is not an adapted character. She's no. she's, she's, she's a brand new character, so they could have actually uh, written that character to fill a role in their film. <laughs> Like once once the real Alessa, once she's murdered everyone in the church, you don't see her again. She's just like, you know, all right, all right, peace out, guys. I'm done. Mm, that's true. Uh, as well. like, yeah. Like, is she not cranky about the whole 30 years as like, you know, a skin wrapped mummy? I, yeah, I guess she just goes on to kill everyone. And then she's just sort of happy with that. That, that I think that's what right, I've got a bus to catch. To. I'll see you later. You <laughs> I have somewhat of a theory about that. Yeah. Hit us. Um, well, I think that, um, you know, Alessa makes makes that deal essentially, and the the dark Alessa, the devil, whatever, basically just wants to kill all those people. Um, once once dark Alessa basically gets her wish, I don't know how much power Alessa has after that. Um, I think she was a a puppet just as much. For that darkness mm. um, because she is never portrayed as a particularly evil or unhinged person um, until obviously she goes through that traumatic event in and then in in agony and and then that goes to hate you know Star Wars style <laughs> um, uh, 
that she she kind of unleashes that that devil and i think that like once that part of the story's wrapped up she might lose some of her agency or some of her power mm-hmm. in my opinion mm-hmm. how did you feel about sort of the conclusion overall adam um i think that i'll agree that that's kind of where it went off the rails and the reason i think that is is because um, as much as we want to say it was sort of authentic and original to the games, I think that was a crutch just as much, you know, because it was obviously leaned upon mm. um, to be like, here, this is from the games, this is from the games, this is from the games, but you can't do that all the way through the movie. It's hard to end a movie in the way that a Silent Hill game ends because often they're still very ambiguous um, or up to the sort of they rely on you having played through them to have a sense of finality. Yeah. Um, and you can't just do that with a movie. You have to be like, and that's why there's such a weird, like third act villain shoehorn where you're like, Oh, this is the villain now. Right. Like it's, it's just a way of being like, I guess this is how we end this movie. Um, and it is definitely shows as kind of the weakest part is such a, a one note villain, you know, and, the cult that around her are just annoying at that point or like i'm just i was so tired of hearing them be like witch like some really cheap like shitty tv show yeah um it just yeah it was i mean it was fine it just i'm glad that didn't happen throughout the whole movie um but yeah it definitely falls apart towards the end in that sense and they kind of just like realistically the the protagonist has kind of been following clues but not really like there's not been much progression Mm -hmm. it's just a case of like looking for someone the entire way and then sort of finally getting there and being like well now what do we do and then they go here's all the information i guess we burn stuff yeah right exactly (laughs) here's here's all your here's your exposition done which was fine because I, I don't mind the exposition dump coming then because, like, I feel like you've earned it, mm. if that yeah, makes no, sense. Fair. You've sat through it, you've wondered what's going on, and then you get, okay, here's your explanation. So it's better than just Resident Evil starting with Mila Jogovic just going, the Umbrella Corporation is bad, <laughs> you know. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I'll agree with you guys, and I think, although I will say, like, her... Uh, Alessa coming up in the hospital bed with all of the barbed wire that was metal as hell I was like <laughs> oh yeah I forgot about like this was that was I mean it, it looked a bit rough but it was pretty cool I was like damn that's pretty hardcore for like <laughs> again for like a, a video game movie mm-hmm. uh, Actually, can I just chime in I'll go for, for defense because like, I have been a bit harsh like in defense of the film unique monster creation of like you know nightmare barbed wire Alessa is pretty pretty strong actually like yeah, that, that's a, the, the whole hardcore. It feels final bossy is all hell. Mm. In yeah, a, in that, a, in the, I thought the aesthetic was excellent. Yeah, the, that's a, a, a satisfying payoff. I think I'll give you that. Yeah, I'll give you that. I just think it's just yeah, it's strange when you got the context. I suppose um, that suddenly you feels just... like we should have Rada Mitchell like trying to blast you with a machine gun or a rifle <laughs> or something. Yeah, but, she know. sudden she had the sudden face turn at the end, basically, where they're like. She's right. not the bad one, which is is fine. I really like the fact that they didn't, like, monster her up. Like, mm. when she came up in the bed, she was still, like, she wasn't, like, I'm um, obviously she was all scarred up, but she wasn't, like, Silent Hill monstered up. 
Yeah. Which was pretty interesting. It was a great aesthetic, I thought. And James, how do you feel about the sort of finale of the film? I loved it. Um, <laughs> Good. Yeah, I absolutely adored it. Like, I love... Because all the way through the film, you're getting these small... It's almost like a religious text, right? And I love that because you're constantly learning about this cult all the way through the film. Mm. You know? Um, and, you know, you're constantly getting this idea that this is very religious-based, this is very religion-based, there's demons, there's devils... This is supposedly hell. This is some other place, some other dimension. Um, and um, uh, Rose's character, right, is slowly le- learning this with you. And I love the fact that, you know, eventually you learn, you know, they're just trying to keep the, quote, evil out. With The evil is the thing that they caused in the first place. Yeah. You know, I thought, you know, I know that's very cliche, right? But I liked it. Because they didn't, they unabashedly went full hog with it, and they were like, "No, we, this is this is what we're doing. We're we're doing this thing, you know." And then, uh, yeah, she was like the chosen one, you could say, where she brought the evil into the the place as Rose did, and uh, unleashed the demon um, who was the who was the victim in all of this. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was so cool because you got a. You you actually got a um, a payoff. Yeah, you do get that, that sense of satisfaction when you see them sort of. Yeah, you you got to sympathise with what's happened, and you get that sense of satisfaction when they get their comeuppance, especially after you see Sybil being burnt alive and stuff like that as well. So yeah, it, it does work in that sense. Yeah, and I uh, <clears throat> like, and I look, I looked at it like a video game. You know, it's just, I, 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 but I'm watching it. You know, and mm-hmm. I, I think that kind of changes it a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's it's hard to explain. But yeah, it's uh, but yeah, it was cool. Like they they really made you really despise these people. Um, and uh, you know that you know, and then I I knew that something was going to come up, and it was a kind of a slow burn. Well, I mean, the whole film was a slow burn. Yeah, from medium to that's uh, medium from middle game to end game, and yeah, and then when it happened, I was like, yes. Kill them all! Kill them! <laughs> Rip them to shreds! Rip and tear! BFG Division comes on in the background. It was fantastic. Um, and that that there was there was like a there's a really cool scene in that church hall where the camera pans over the top of where Alessa's coming up, mm. and you see all like kind of the levels turning and like all the barbed wire kind of twisting and her rising. It was really cool and for a 2006 film. I was impressed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously it's 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 got its it's got its downsides, but I think I can waive it because mostly because of the cult angle, because it is insane, right? And these people are insane, mm-hmm. and I didn't feel like that main prota- main antagonist. <clears throat> excuse me, that main antagonist was shoehorned because you're constantly being told that there's an evil here, and you know they're trying to tell you it's a lesser, but it's actually these buttholes who have done like completely abhorrent things mm. to this, to this, to this girl, you know? And yeah, so it was just, it's not, it wasn't a surprise turnaround, but it was a nice turnaround in a horrible way. <laughs> a nice turnaround in a horrible way. What a fantastic yeah. review. <laughs> um, so let's, let's go around and maybe throw out some last final thoughts, sort of wrap up before we move on to the second film. Um, I think it's 
personally bizarre that this film is rated lower than a lot of films, a lot of other films. Um, Agreed. Maybe, maybe that's maybe that's something for more of a mainstream audience who doesn't have um, any context of Silent Hill. But yeah, as an adaption, it's it, it's surprisingly solid for the most part. Yeah, maybe I don't necessarily agree with some of the direction at the end, but the way that the film looks and the way the film sounds and the way the the plot is set up is. Yeah, it's very it's very well done. Um, I think it's still one of the the best video game films out there, which again, for the most part, isn't saying too much. Um, I'm not saying it's a masterpiece, but as a fan of Silent Hill, there's there's definitely stuff to enjoy there, especially in that first half before it sort of dies off a cliff for me. Um, even the minor changes are, are kind of kind of fine. I wasn't super happy with some of the tweaks, um, but there were some nods to stuff like Lisa, which was like, oh, that's cool. Um, the ending didn't quite leave me how I'd like to. We talked about the way that Silent Hill games make you feel at the end, that sort of empty, contemplative feeling. You, you don't get that out of this film. I, it was a bit of a hard ask, maybe, for that to happen. I, I did feel like that final scene that we talked about earlier where they, they return home and they're sort of not on the same plane of existence with Sean, with Sean Bean, who's been sort of farting around for the last hour and a half. Um but all the nitpicks that I've got about it seem like nothing considering what we've got to talk about next. I think it's uh, I think it's solid. <laughs> uh, Adam, what are your final thoughts? Um, yeah, I'm pretty much in the same camp as you, I think, so I, I really am bothered by the final scene um, because, to me, like, Silent Hill is a predefined area. Um, mm. although I think it can be different for people, you know, it, it's not the same for everyone, but I don't like the fact that she was able to drive from Silent Hill to her home and still be in Silent Hill. Right. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like that, that other world of Silent Hill that I feel like them, like wh- wherever she goes, is it, is the whole of America Silent Hill is the whole of the world. Silent <laughs> yeah. Hill. That's the like, yeah, there's too many questions for mm. me. Um, I also feel like uh, just jumping back into like the third act, I, I I'm disappointed by it because I feel like as much as we know the cultists are bad and they caused it, if you look at it from their side, they seem justified the whole time. Mm. Like they, yeah, they burnt that girl, but like that girl ended up sort of fulfilling the prophecy that they laid out for her, even if it was by their own hand, but there's no, there's never a realization. I I would have liked the, the, the main antagonist lady to have the realization. Oh, we did this, but you never get that payoff. No, like they, I mean, you, you never get her being like, Oh, F this. Um, you basically get them being like, this is the devil and it it basically is for them and it kills them all. And there's never that kind of payoff. So, um, that kind of soured it a little bit for right, me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, overall. And, and like you say, going into this next movie, Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, you know, it, I, I feel for my sort of final note is that I'm really disappointed that this movie didn't perform at the box office. Um, I can understand why it's definitely less user-friendly than the Resident Evil adaptations. Yeah. Um, But it's just upsetting because obviously the fact that it didn't perform so well and it was a a kind of truish vision of the game 
it probably kind of put the nail in the coffin for movie studios to be like, yeah, do, do it like the game. Mm-hmm. Because you look at this and you go, oh, you know, it cost 55 million or whatever and made 90 million. And then you look at Resident Evil that cost 33 million, made 100 plus million. You're like, oh, yeah, let's just do that. Let's do, let's call things games, but then let's just make it whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's annoying because it, it definitely has the most potential and is probably the most one of the most faithful ever video game to movie uh, adaptations. Mm-hmm. Steve, what are your final thoughts on the original Silent Hill film? What would be like to see this film through the eyes of someone who hasn't seen the Silent Hill games? Mm. I, I wonder if that's why the critique is so low. Um, because all the things we turn around and say that we like about it is because we like them from the game. Yeah. Realistically speaking, you know, the, the, the soundtrack, the aesthetic, the monsters when they get them right. I mean, uh, the bubblehead nurse scene, as, as much as they're not meant to friggin' be there, that that whole professionally choreographed dance right, sequence yeah. is is pretty tense. Mm. Like, you know, wh- when they can get the atmosphere of Silent Hill as we know it, it's actually an enjoyable time. I, uh, I like, I know a lot of people did, weren't too keen on the child actress, but I like her when she's in, shall we say, dark mode, uh, evil mode. Yeah. Um, very, uh, very terrifying. At least, you know, <laughs> at least it was Sorry. the time. Sorry, Steve. Yeah. Like, just, just the, the part when you said that, for some reason, it just came back to me, the part where she goes, look, I'm on fire. <laughs> yeah. But this, this is it, like, just super creepy. cheerfully. It is creepy it, because she says it kind of cheerfully. Like vastly superior to any of the Resident Evil counterpart cyborg like oh, AI yeah, ladies, yeah. Red Queen. Oh my goodness! Yeah, but uh, otherwise, like you know, I love Sean Bean, but his entire sequence is pointless. Mm-hmm. The the entire reason that Rada Mitchell takes her daughter there is because that she has nightmares and a Google and doesn't bother to. Even though even though her husband says, "Should we should we book a therapist?" Nah, mate, road trip. You know, <laughs> like. Sybil Bennett is awesome in this film. She's like as as a like a tough as nails cop who somehow like gets caught in like I don't know like the backdraft of Rose entering Silent Hill and then mm. unfortunately dies. But in the meantime, seems to have her own mini Resident Evil movie, shooting monsters in between bits <laughs> when we don't see it. it. It's it's weird. It's weird. I I can still probably sit down and watch this film and enjoy it, but there are things that drive me crazy about it and not in a good way. Uh, and James, what are your your final thoughts on the original Silent Hill? I'm on fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, I, yeah. I think the the thirty, like the mid thirty score on Rotten Tomatoes on IMDb. Um, sorry, is it's five, isn't it? Out of ten on IMDb, I think it's pretty pretty bad. You know, I I think it deserves a little bit more than that. Um, it kept me interested, and although it didn't keep me interested at the time, I think that was due to the current state that video game media to film was in. Right. Like, like I, 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 I don't think, <laughs> and I know this is like kind of a cop out, but I don't think people knew what they really wanted at that time. To be honest, people now don't know what they want, right? Yeah. But we have a better idea, and I really liked it. And yes, uh, I didn't cu- I, just to go back a little bit. I didn't. I talk about the ending, uh, the very, very end where, like, uh, where Rose is in uh, the Upside Down um, and with Sean Bean. I liked it. Again, I know I'm going to be awkward. 
I liked it because it just expanded a little bit more. I would have, yeah, I would have liked a little bit more ex explained on it, but I thought, oh, maybe a second movie will explain it. No, it made it worse. <laughs> but we'll talk about that in a bit. Yeah, I, if I was going to give it a score, it would be seven. Nice. Like it'll be a seven out of ten. Um, it had problems, but I did enjoy, and I do uh, enjoy watching it. Yeah, I think that, I think that's a fair score. To be honest, I would agree with that. I think I've shook out the reason uh, for Sean Bean. So uh, another little Amazon tidbit here: um, <laughs> in the original script, there were actually only female characters. Yes, that's true. Actually, um, that he submitted. Ah. Uh, the script was denied and returned to him saying there are no men. So Sean Bean's character, who was only supposed to appear at the beginning and end, uh, had his role expanded as well as the Thomas Gucci character was added and then the script was approved. Yeah, that's wow. right, actually, yeah. I so that's why it's superfluous. Yeah. Yep, it's because so it was attached. never supposed to be there. Mm. Right. Because cause God knows we can't watch a movie unless there's some prominent dudes in there. <laughs> that's right, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Absolutely. Uh, so on that note um, oh um can, can we just you know i know we already have but can we have like a, just a round of applause for sybil again because she's great yeah uh, she yes. was yes. great in this film i loved her in this film um and uh, her actor was great and she wore that outfit like she looked great she's like really true to the game adaption yeah. isn't she mm -hmm. She's Lisa's very not. faithful, yeah. I couldn't Lester's. get past her being in Walking Dead, though. I, uh, yeah, it took me out of it. <laughs> uh, see, I haven't Which watched is, obviously, this was before that. It's not her fault, but that kind of, like, I was like, oh, it's the Walking Dead lady. You know, if, if by some stretch of the imagination, we ever get a true one-to-one-ish remake of our of the original Silent Hill, I would like Sybil to be like she is here, where she's not, like, immediately buddy-buddy with Harry. Hmm. Um, that's which, true, is, actually, which that's is strange true. because the way that they are start as initially antagonistic and then work together and all the time she's just basically trying to do a job and trying to follow hunches that don't necessarily pay off and then die for it you know kind of cool kind of cool in a grim way yeah, uh, when, when, Heather, Heather Holden I, by the way her name is what was she went to the to Silent Hill before because someone kidnapped a child and dropped it down a well or some or a mine shaft or mm -hmm. something. Yeah. When was that? Like what in what time frame? Do they ever tell us? I don't think so. A few years ago, I think it's in yeah. um, you know, the Sean Bean section. He just says few years yeah. back, blah 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 blah. So that would lead me to believe that was she in reality Silent Hill? Or was like Yeah, that's yeah. a bit odd. Yeah. I think the only reason she's here in the the should we say the the other world Silent Hill is because she was following mm, Rose at right. the time, mm -hmm. kind of like caught yeah. in the the transition. Right, that's fair. I like how we're just trying to yes <laughs> make sure we're like maybe not picking out over the holes, maybe sort of smoothing them over perhaps because uh, yeah. we're about to move on to a film with a lot of holes in it. So let's oh, move boy. on from the original Silent Hill to what is kind of an adaptation of Silent Hill Three uh, with Silent Hill Revelation slash Silent Hill Revelation 3D after this short break.
So the sequel, Silent Hill Revelation, also Silent Hill Revelation 3D, because it was that era, was directed by MJ Bassett, um, kind of a nobody at the time, but she's gone on to direct episodes of Altered Carbon, uh, Ash vs. Evil Dead, uh, Iron Fist, stuff like that. Um, she also wrote it. Roger Avery was originally attached, but was involved in a manslaughter case at the time and uh, couldn't make the project. The budget for the film is less than half of the original film, so $20 million, and it opened on $8 million weekend, which is not great, and ending on $55 million. So it still made a return of some kind. Uh, the film has 10% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes and a 16 on Metacritic, and the plot synopsis <laughs> that I have ripped from somebody uh, kindly writing it on IMDb goes as thus. Sharon De Silva believes she is on the run with her adopted father because he killed a man in self-defense when she was young. Now on the eve of her 18th birthday, living under the alias of Heather Mason, plagued by horrific nightmares and the appearance of her father, Sharon discovers he has been protecting her from a religious cult called the Order of Vatil. The revelation leads her deeper into a demonic world that threatens to trap her forever in a place known as Silent Hill. Um, so we sort of closed out talking about smoothing over holes. Um, in my research of this film, there's if you go on the Silent Hill wiki, there's entire paragraphs about how there's so many plot holes in this film um, and continuity errors. Apparently, um, before the release, Bassett said that it was going to be... Um, no, there was going to be no retcons between the two films. It was going to act more of a sequel than an adaption of Silent Hill 3, but that was going to be part of it. Um, and then the script, the script leaked out and that wasn't the case. And obviously it isn't the case with the final film either. Um, I guess to that extent, let's start with story. Um, so yeah, we, this is an adaption somewhat of Silent Hill 3. You have um, characters from the first film coming back. Sean Bean's character, who's now living under the alias alias of Her uh, Harry Mason. And um, Sharon is now Heather. Um, this is trying to sort of ham-fistedly bridge the two films together and into the games as well. It is... Uh, it's a bods job. It really is just a bods job. There's no other <laughs> term for it. It's it, you pushing them together. Completely you, unnecessary. Yeah, you're covering just... everything in a ball of tape and saying, "There you go. It, it totally fits together." That's basically what they did. Um, it, it asks you to forget the end of the original film, however you felt about it, um, and it has a whole scene to do it, uh, where they basically just go, "Oh, they're 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 alive and they're happy and they're Harry and they're Heather now." Anyway, right. So here we go. Um, which is an issue because if you know the plot of Silent Hill 3, you'll know that the end of Silent Hill 1 is really important to Silent Hill 3 um, and its plot and the setup in the theme park and all that. That's kind of why I mentioned it previously. It's, it plays a huge part in Silent Hill 3 where it opens with a, a dream or a vision of that theme park. Obviously, that's kind of like a flash forward to the end of this film, but what it's really meant to be is a link back to the original and just you know from these first opening minutes that everything's just just gonna go horribly horribly wrong i knew in the first two minutes of this film i was gonna absolutely hate it the direction is awful it's abysmal so i've never seen this film before did anybody else see this at the time or is this everybody's first viewing of it steve regretfully i have to say i've seen this film at the cinema oh you poor poor human being yeah i actually paid money to see this at the cinema and uh it was the time I discovered that watching 3D stuff makes me sick. So I suppose <laughs> in hindsight, that. you know, the, the, the film did do me a service. But, <laughs> my God, like, uh, yeah, I, I, I remember leaving the film as annoyed as I was watching it this weekend. Like, 
so yeah, it, it, it did not leave a good impression, but I did see it at the cinema when it came out. Ooh. Um, James, is this your first time seeing Revelation? No, and I have a really cool story to tell about this film. Yes, it is bad, right? But when I, so I went out on a Halloween weekend. Most foolish, James. You went out on a Halloween weekend, Halloween weekend to watch a film <laughs> with my friends, right? We were like, we, it was just spontaneous. Never do that, guys. It's the worst thing you can ever do. Um, plan. Anyway, so the only film that had spaces was this film. We just wanted to go out to watch a scary film, and the mm -hmm. only one that was available was this one. We were shoehorned in to the film, much like this was shoehorned into the plot of Silent Hill. We were on the very first seat row. We were at the very end, and I don't know if anyone has ever been at that point, but it's the worst place in the cinema, right? Because you can't see F all. Right, you're just looking at the corner of the screen. <laughs> That's all you can see. And yeah, so I remember me just turning to my friend, um, Heather, actually, who was just sitting to my left. I remember turning to her saying, can you see anything? She went, no, but I think it's bad anyway. <laughs> right? So <laughs> we actually left halfway through no i don't think it was even halfway through we left when we when you first see the um when you first see the uh, the the fairground fairground with the clown face right so really early in the film mm. uh, we left and we just decided to go to a local chiquitos and have some meals instead which was much more enjoyable than this film end of review <laughs> I want to hear more about this story because it's going to be more compelling than anything we're about to talk in the next two minutes. <laughs> what did you uh, have at Chiquitos, James? No, okay, yeah, no, I can go there. So. Yeah, I'm down for talking about your Chiquitos. <laughs> yeah, so I'm a, I'm, I'm an idiot, right? And my, my tongue is an idiot, right? And I don't like uh, spicy, too spicy food. So I had steak and chips. <laughs> this is an interesting story. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, have you ever I seen? Like, uh... I like how that you rule out anything on the menu that's even slightly Mexican because you're scared of spicy. <laughs> At the time, I was very scared. Now, nowadays, <laughs> uh, not so much. Uh, Adam, have you seen Revelation before now? No. Okay, so you're in the same boat. I, am, I, I thank the Lord I did not see yeah, it before because I can... if I if I did, I wouldn't have agreed to do this podcast. <laughs> That's the thing, isn't it? I thought, hey, we'll talk about the Silent Hill films. I've seen the first one a bunch of times, and it's it's pretty decent. Uh, let's throw the sequel in there as an excuse to watch it. Oh no, what what have I done? Oh no. Uh, See, it's it's funny because it's called Revel Resident Evil Revelations 3D, and what they didn't tell me that all of the acting would be in 2D. <laughs> hey, you take that back. Resident Evil Revelations 3D is on the 3DS, and it's yeah. okay. Yeah, I think you mean Silent Hill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I meant Silent Hill. We're so lazy, they slapped the title Revelation on it. I mean, it's, yeah. Okay, so, yeah, it follows the story of Silent Hill 3 sort of vaguely in the fact that Heather Mason decides to go to the town. Um, that's it. That's it. That's about that's it. how much sort it follows. Discover her connection to it. You've got some familiar characters in there, like Douglas Cartland and that Vincent fellow. Um well, he has the same character name. Well, it's yeah, that's it, right? So yeah, um, I don't even know where to start with this one. The story is 
I don't know. It's just so bad. There's What's no story? pacing to this film at all. The first hour is juxtaposition from different people. Um, there isn't really a story. There isn't really a story. It's just following beats from the game. You've got the bit in the shopping mall, which is in the game as well, um, but it's terrible. They, immediately you know that their version of the other side, the other world, and this is just, just not up to the same standard and of course they didn't have the same budget so it's going to be difficult but even conceptually it's terrible she's running around the the shopping mall and just like bumping into these mysterious messed up looking characters it just doesn't feel like silent hill at all it made no sense to me uh i just yeah and even some of the big cool story points in the game like i mean for goodness sake you've got sean bean they kill him in a dream sequence but not in the actual film, because in Silent Hill 3, spoilers for Silent Hill 3, you come across Harry Mason's dead body fairly early on in the game, and it's like a shocking twist that the former protagonist is now dead. No, in this he gets kidnapped for some reason, um, and Heather goes gallivanting off with her new boyfriend, played by Kit Harrington, who, like Sean Bean previously, has basically no point in being in the film. He takes on the role that Douglas's character in the game takes, um, but he's in it because he's pretty. That's basically it. She plot dumps on him, pretty plot annoying. dumps on her, and then he vanishes, and that's it. It's just, please, someone, please take the reins because I'm having a meltdown here. Uh, Adam, how did you feel about the story? <laughs> this film, right? Uh, uh, to, Steve, to, go, to, to go, 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 go. Save the day. This film starts off. It's like if you've watched the first Sound Hill film and jumps to this one. It's like going from, let's say, the Phantom Menace so, to a new house. It's, it's going from eating a. To eating a a three-day-old McDouble. (laughs) So the general plot of this film, as it starts out, Heather Mason, previously known as Sharon De Silva, is hiding with her father from the Order, having killed a man. She's having repeated nightmares because of Silent Hill, which is what Sharon was dealing with in the original film. So, you know, uh, okay, fine. Then... I believe some bad stuff happens and they decide to go to Silent Hill to save her father. From you that forgot, point... You forgot the Patrick Swayze moment. What? Hmm? You forgot, like, you, you forgot that oh. Rose spoke to... Spoke oh, to right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sorry, yeah. Rose's ghost, or whatever the frig, like, because she's been in Silent Hill for, what, about 10 years at this point? Because mm. Sharon's grown up a fair bit. She's now no longer a child. She's a teenager. Um... Yeah, Sean Bean was like, "Thank f for that." Like uh, now, just... I just get to live my life. I'm not going to go back there, <laughs> even though I said I would. Uh, it's 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 complete nonsense. Even I'm having trouble trying to structure it. And the, yeah. the general plot of the film, from outside of Heather's perspective, is the Order need to get her back into Sound Hill to basically birth God to be able to leave Sound Hill. I believe something along those lines. Right? Yeah. yeah. With, the, with the with the with the use of the seal of Megatron. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but all that stuff they've... is somewhat accurate to the game, but unfortunately, it doesn't really work here because you're not following on the thing from is, the plot of Silent Hill One. Vincent's character has been in Silent Hill and has left it. I mean, it required some, shall we say, less than subtle scarification to do mm. so. But if they can just bugger off out of Silent Hill, why do they need to kidnap this blonde teenager, you know, or Laura yeah. into this helpless? They, they could just give the themselves some bitchy leader, tattoos. The cult leader is a monster. Trinity. Carry on friggin' Moss. Yeah, yeah, no we'll eyebrows. get there. We'll get there. I think the idea <laughs> is that they think the world outside of Silent Hill is just gone to 
hell basically and and right. sort of like one they, of the few surviving classic, civilizations. Like, those blasphemers outside but that doesn't make any sense either because if you're going to no, send someone doesn't. out to get her you know there's people out there and apparently he just like he grows up in this town where they think all of civilization is gone and decides to go to high school like twilight <laughs> style it's absolute nonsense where does he well, get his little leather jacket from <laughs> and it's terrible like 20 somethings uh you know it's 90210 or something. It's yeah, exactly. In 25. Yeah. <sighs> also, also oh. he, he goes to get her, and then he explains to her that she has to go there of her own accord. <laughs> <laughs> There's a note here in in, in, <laughs> in my just document, which I was writing stuff down as I was watching it, and it just says, Nurses, look at them, and some people. Who are they? Oh, they're dead. Okay, where's the tension <laughs> and the threat? <laughs> that is... So- Everything in this film has no weight to it. Everything is matter of fact. You know, um, Vincent and Heather come back to find sort of blood written on the walls and they barely react to it. Everything is incredibly blasé. Um, the acting is terrible. Sean Bean is really reining it in. The pacing is just nonsense. Like I said, the first hour is just plot dump city. Um, and then when you do get to stuff actually happening, it yeah, again, there's just there's no reason for it. It's just... Oh. Um. There's James, one how do you scene feel about that is really oh. enjoyable. Go for it. Go on. The, the spider mannequin. Yeah, I like <laughs> oh. it. I like that. Oh. Toy Story as it looks, I agree. It, it <laughs> looks, it, the, the actual mannequin looks janky, but that scene, like the, the girl turning into a mannequin is genuinely that bit's scary. Right. Yeah, that bit's good. And having the girl wrapped up in like plastic wrap, which makes the web for a mannequin spider, is very clever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and one of my criticisms of the first film was no unique enemies or unique monsters. Mm. Yeah, I really like the the weird mannequin spider, and it is super Silent Hill. But I mean, that's really the standout that I enjoyed of the movie. Everything else was trash. I, yeah, I thought <laughs> no, it looked I'm, stupid personally, but <laughs> I'm going I'm to take a deep breath. Okay, let's it. all take it. Let's all take a deep breath. <laughs> <laughs> okay. First of all, I didn't see any green in here, and this is the cult of teal. Right, there ain't no teal, there ain't Batiel. no teal. Okay, Batiel. Batiel. okay, is that what it was? Yeah. Because I can't, I couldn't hear teal. anything anybody was saying. <laughs> I was expecting ducks. I didn't see any ducks. <sighs> I like teal ducks. They're great animals. Do you want some duck? Do you want some teal duck facts? Yeah, I definitely okay. do. All right, did you know that the average teal is 30, 34 to thirty-eight centimeters long? Also, in the UK, we have about 20, 2,100 breeding pairs. And in the winter, there's about 210,000 birds every year of the teal duck. Also, their wingspan is approximately 58 to 64 centimeters long. And they weigh about... Damn, that's nearly uh, double their length. Exactly, yeah. And also, they weigh about a quarter of a bag of sugar. So, about 300... And 300 sugar grams. is delicious. It <laughs> is. Sugar is delicious! <laughs> um, so... so- so, James, what did you think about the plot of Silent Hill Revelation? I'm sorry. Oh, right, yeah, we're talking about this terrible <laughs> film. Um... <laughs> sorry, don't edit this, please. Oh, no, I won't. <laughs> this is what the people okay. pay for. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this film, um, it's 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 badly... It's bad. It's bad. <laughs> it's badly um, bad. Like, it's badly bad. Like, uh, the main character... Um, in stark contrast uh, to Rada from the from the first film, uh, to Rose from the first film, is so bad 
I don't know if she's actually acting or not, or if it's just like a awkward audition because she's she's not acting. Mm. Kit Harrington is, as you said, just a pretty boy short shoe shoehorn in who's just been put in there. He could have just been backhanded off the screen, and I wouldn't have cared. Like <laughs> he basically he is, should, to be fair. Yeah, he yeah he should have been. The spider was cool. Um, that's about it. Uh, it was nice that Pyramid Head came back and was like, mm. must protect. And he killed a Carrie Ann Moss, who, you know, why is she in this film? She's she's so such a good actor. Why mm. is she in this film? Well, same um, with Malcolm McDowell, who's like a good true. actor. It's, yeah, also, funny. I mean, I don't know anything about... I, I, I think, you know, this kind of calls to the film... Uh, as well, kind of, you know, shows something. I don't know anything about Silent Hill 3. I don't know any... I don't mind being spoiled, so don't worry about it. Mm. Right? Um, I don't know what the significance of the Seal of Megatron was. I don't know what uh, anything meant. Metatron, not to be that guy. Yeah, I know. I know what I said. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not picturing a Decepticon-like emblem badge where where, where it's meant to be a different thing entirely. I mean, you might as well have because the rest of the film made no sense. You know, you might as well have. Um, Yeah, it was, you know, and then, you know, then Harry just, Harry, Chris, no one knows. Mm. Him just, like, going off at the end. Um, Hmm. I need no. to star in my own Silent Hill Two movie that never happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> so I'm trying, I'm trying to, I'm trying to like get my head around the actuals because I watched it, I watched it again today, and then I watched it about two, three weeks ago as well. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> okay. All right. Actually, I hate you just a little bit. Yeah, okay? I, I understand. I hate you <laughs> right. too. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I actually got in touch with my old friend. So. Uh, the positive side of this is I got in touch with those friends who I went to the cinema with. I said, hey, guys, remember that terrible movie that we went to w- watch? And they were like, yeah. Do you remember that steak at the Chiquitos? You know, <laughs> we just because they also took the mickey out of me for getting a steak at Chiquitos. Um, but yeah, the, so we, we got it. We got back in contact with each other. We had a good chat. Well, They're nice. OK, by the way. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Steve, how do you feel about the plot of Silent Hill Revelation? Uh, it's 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 pretty bad. As a big fan of Silent Hill Three, mm. and I like the whole the whole rust of that story. How basically mm. she has the the embryo of their god slowly but surely trying to gestate out of her through hate and anger. The fact that that is not entirely a facet of this film, and instead is just a set piece driven like mess. Like most Resident Evil action films are set-piece-driven messes where the plot is barely justified by the actions. This is worse. Mm. Like, I I, I can think of how... Like, of the six Resident Evil films, we've, still, we've got two left to cover. So, you know, check out Film Club, you know, plug, plug, plug. They're probably right. out now. If you're, if you're not on Patreon, you probably can go back and listen to that now. All right. I would argue five, if not four, of the six films, of the Resident Evil films, have a more coherent plot. Yes than this film does, which is strange because it's trying to be lifting from Silent Hill 3 and that is one of the, in terms of a a character drama sequel, is one of the better Silent Hill games. Like, I personally prefer 3 to 2. I know a lot of people like love 2 and like, Mm. you know, depression, darkness. Uh, But, you know, 3 was the one I was attached to. Mm -hmm. And this film somehow makes a vicious mockery of the whole damn thing. 
Yeah, I can. Like, uh, if, as a, I really like Silent Hill Three. So, uh, it's definitely not my favorite of the original three, but <clears throat> if you are a super fan of Silent Hill Three, I could see how this well is. Yeah, ugh, like someone yeah. urinating in your face. Exactly. Like they, they do use some interesting. In, I know Cy doesn't like it, but the mannequin spider is an interesting, unique creature. But nothing else from the film uh, is lifted from Silent Hill Three entirely either. Like uh, the oh, what's his frigging name? Malcolm McDowell's character. Like he turns um, into a horrible Douglas. monster boss fight. Right, Johnny turns, No Eyes. Johnny No Eyes. He turns, turns to a horrible monster boss fight in the actual game. He turns to a monster in this, but it's just a giant, lumpy tyrant man. Yeah, I wrote, yeah. I wrote down melted Lord Zed from Power Rangers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> His only uh, job is just to knock her out and carry her somewhere. You're like, what was the point of that? Yeah. You've got, Dude, you know, you've got a heel turn from Pyramid Head, usually a nightmare antagonist or general just like... Which comes demon. out of nowhere for no reason. And instead, he's, I mean, to be fair, he's now got a job. You know, he's working on the merry-go-ground. That's great. And he also <laughs> jumps in to save Heather against, like, something from friggin' Hellraiser. Like, you know, Carrie-Anne Moss right. tends to a Cenobite demon. That is ex- uh, well, speaking of my notes, that's in it as well. Like, they, they literally just turned her into a Cenobite, didn't they? Um, yeah. It's just your two best actors and that's in the film, and that's what you do with them as well. You you put them in those roles. And also, Hilarious. To get into the Silent Hill 3 plot issue, obviously they were going to have trouble adapting that, as I say, because you need that Silent Hill 1 ending already <coughs> um, to lead into it. So by the time you get to the finale of this film, instead of having this um, really harrowing moment that's still harrowing to watch the video game version of it today, it's it's bizarre and unsettling. And if you'd have put that in film, that that, that would have been kind of incredible if they'd have done that. Um, could you could you summarize? So as Steve kind of alluded to, the the the, the plot of Silent Hill Three, I suppose skip ahead a bit if you don't want to be spoiled for that game, um, is that. Um, Silent Hill 1 ends with the rebirth of a new child, which is the light side and the dark side of Alessa. Um, so, Combined. So that um, Cheryl that you've been searching for in Silent Hill 1 is a brand new baby at this point, and she grows up as Heather, um, as, yeah, the combined light and dark of Alessa. Um, but in doing so, yeah, she's got the, the beginnings of this new god that the cult wants to birth inside of her, and they basically spend the game trying to drive the negative emotions in her so that she can birth out this god. Um, at the end of Silent Hill 3, um, Heather, does she, does she vomits the, the, the she vomits sort of God thing. with a pill. Right. That's right. Yes. And then the so main villain eats chows it. down on it. Yeah. So, so Claudia, it sort of eats this, uh, unborn God. Um, and that's where it goes from there. Instead in this film, you don't get any of that just for some reason. She, yeah, she becomes a Hellraiser creature and then Pyramid Head comes in and they have a fight for some reason. Um, because they said at some point because in the film 3D. that he's a guardian now. Yeah, mm. they, they they called him like the guardian or something, protector or something like that. So they have a fight, um, even though he's barely been in it. It's the end is just absolutely stupid. Just absolutely. I mean, stupid. at least, at least in the Resident Evil films, Alice says the words T virus a million bloody times. Like you know, <laughs> how many cults do you know that do a one eighty on their beliefs though? Yeah, she's she's sin. Actually, she's gonna birth God. Okay. <laughs> Well, yeah, kind of. Yeah, the that's the problem with it being the same God. Stupid. It's, it's, <laughs> it is stupid. And, and again, as alluded to, they also set up some, some follow-on sequels that never happened. The, the, the Sean Bean's character turning back around and walking back into Silent Hill, which, yeah, does feel like maybe they will they would have done a Silent Hill 2 with it, perhaps. And they also mentioned Travis Grady, who's the name of a character from, I think it's Origins, isn't it? Uh, and there's the boss from Downpour as well. Yeah, so there's some references and stuff in there that 
and setups that could be kind of clever. Uh, and it, but it what makes it it makes it even more confounding that they got things like that right, but everything else is just completely wrong. That you've got these famous actors doing all these like you no know, bit part roles or like wooden performances, and it's just like, oh my good lord, mm. I, it, it's disheartening. It is so disheartening. Carrie Moss is in two scenes. She shaved her eyebrows off. Is what a, what a waste. Like the first Sun Hill film isn't perfect, as we've already gone over, but in comparison, it's. Masterpiece. <laughs> oh, it's a good keto steak and chips. It is. <laughs> I, like, um, I, I would, yeah, I've seen Birdemic. Of a teal duck. I, 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 I've seen in Bird my Demic restless nightmares. This... I don't ever want to see that town. Sound Hill Revelations 3D. <laughs> this looks. Yeah, it makes Birdemic look like Citizen Kane. To be honest, um, <laughs> just this is just atrocious. Um, so I guess that's much as we can do about ringing out the plot. I don't know what else we can talk about. It's just a, it's just a mess. Um, CGI is weaker than the first film as well because of the 3D effects and the right. lower budget. Yeah, yeah. Steve, why don't, why don't you leave Well, the problem into... is they spent a lot of their budget on Carrie Ann Moss, Malcolm Mundell, Sean Bean, <laughs> who were hardly in it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and getting back uh, um, the actress that played Rose for one scene in a mirror and that's it. You know, she's, she's you know, Do we know if she got like a Malcolm, uh, Michael Bean level pay? Hey, because like you know, like from Alien Three, um, or is it Terminator Two where he got loads more money? I think it was. Um, but yes, no, Steve, it's... why don't you take us down the aesthetics a little bit? Right, I can't even say that the the otherworldly effects are as you know as appealing because now it feels like this film comes out in what twenty ten something like that. It, it, it twenty twelve. Twenty twelve. So it's like what six years six after years. the first film looks mm. infinitely worse, despite technology being better and cheaper at the time. Mm-hmm. Oh, makes me mad. I um, it strangely feels more dated. Yeah, like even when they're not using the three D. I mean, even when yeah, even when they're not trying to push the three D effects. Now, I like the Spider Monster. Don't get me wrong. Even though it looks like it's from Toy Story, but okay. everything looks like if the original movie was a blockbuster, which it isn't. This is the direct to TV. Like, I, I can appreciate there's probably practical effects in there, but that's only because like they need stuff to put in front of the green screen. Uh, no, no, mm. not, not happy, not happy. It doesn't even look that Sam Hillish. It's, it's just dark right. and rusty. Yeah, it does not have the same level of detail at all. Um, it's it's not shot in a way that's interesting either, which makes it even worse. All the other side stuff is just terribly sort of ho hum, which is par for the course. Does um, it have the same like uh, l- the same rules as the first film? Like when it regards regards to the soundtrack, where they have to have so much? Do you think? I believe um, so. Yeah, it was filmed in Canada, so it would have the same, the exact same stipulations on it. Yeah, I don't so, know if it's the same team, but I know that, again they they worked with the original composer again. I said because I won't say it's the standout because it feels like it does fall into Resident Evil live action film in places, despite having several original Silent Hill compositions in it. Mm. You know, uh, it, it, that's weird too. Uh, I, sorry, now I just feel like I'm just complaining like a grandpa at the I back mean, of an no, old man fine. yells at cloud. Join the, you join are the valid. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're all on, all on the same side here. The problem is, is um, all these other side sections that you go to, uh, I don't. I said it before, I just don't understand why there's so many people running around them as well. It just doesn't, it doesn't have the same feeling because it's not isolated, it's not about Heather sort of falling down into this strangeness. It, it, yeah, it just doesn't feel the same, even slightly. But even outside 
of stuff like that. Even regular sets just look awful. The the bit in the motel where you're getting sort of Kit taking his shirt off or whatever just to show the scars. That looks like a GCSE drama room with a curtain up and a bed thrown in. That's it. Bit of floodlighting. It's just soulless, absolute nothing, terrible that, sets. That bit where um, the two Alyssas hug it out mm. is so bad. Yeah, it's really bad. Like, and that's it, a real, that's a callback to the game, right? That they don't hug it out in the game; they have a proper showdown and a fight. Yeah, and that's one of the highlights of Sound Hill Three as a game. So extra pissed off for that bit. Sorry. Oh man. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's so weird. Um, James, what do you think of the sort of look and the the, the aesthetic and the tone overall? Oh, sorry, I thought you wouldn't allow me to speak about the <laughs> film anymore, just because of my high blood pressure. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, what was the question? What do you think of the way it does look? <laughs> Oh, no, no, it yeah, definitely yeah. looks. It's, there's <laughs> definitely something. Um, no, it, it does. It doesn't look good. Like it's like I think. I, yeah, I laughed when I first seen it uh, a couple weeks ago. The bit where in the, the ring of fire on the merry-go-round and they were hugging out. I laughed when she just changed from Alessa, who didn't look <laughs> as good as she did in 2006, to emo edgelord. Um, <laughs> to Alessa. Alessa. Yeah, me- me- metal Alessa. Yeah, just she just I don't you know you can make that you know I mean look at the ring, look at the look at Grudge, you know look at these characters that have that kind of aesthetic, right? There's too much light on her. I don't going back uh, Silent Hill it used darkness really really well, mm. but the original 2006 film it used darkness really well. It's it's a, like a re- it's a staple in horror. This film is like, we don't care about darkness. Put so much light on these characters so we can see every single piece of practical effects that we put on them. Like every everything that we've actually pasted to their bodies, we're going to see. Also, I mean, you know, sh- the main character, I've forgotten her name already. Like literally I watched it a few hours ago. Like yeah. I'd have forgotten who she is, right? But her... Heather Mason. Her Heather. Um, like she gets bullied at the beginning of the film Right, because I don't know why this is this is an insult, but she gets her clothes from Goodwill or something. You know, I'd, you know, every character looks like a stereotype of the character they're playing in this. I'd, That's why I said it was a Silent Hill, uh, yeah, Silent Hill Revelation two D, because every character <laughs> is so two dimensional. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, and it's uh, it just doesn't look good at all. Um, I wasn't scared of a. I wasn't scared at all. I like the idea of the the as we said the puppet spider, um, the bit where it it just like kind of goes over to the woman that it's turned into a a, a mannequin and then twists the head off and then uses the head. Then the head just screams. That's really you know if you had some good CGI or practical effects on that, that'd be really cool. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I like the idea of it. Didn't like execution. Um, yeah, I don't have much more to say because it's just I could go on for hours about how bad it is but yeah. i don't want to be a negative i don't want negative energy to go out there it they could have done way better cause that suggestion though instead of mannequin spider we call it primark shellob <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yes. <laughs> oh. yeah that for me that is one of the worst scenes i just thought it was so hilariously cartoony and absurd my favorite part is about <laughs> I don't know, about two minutes long, probably way less. Um, there's just a moment in the other world where Heather's walking around quietly with a flashlight. Um, much like the Resident Evil films, you know, Jill walking around the church in Apocalypse. 
Um, I was like, this this feels like something. This feels like, you know, they're using darkness for a change. As James mentioned, they're actually using a bit of atmosphere. It feels like it could be from the games. But yeah, I did expect Alice to jump through a window on a bike at some point just to ruin it. But that's effectively what happened without being literal, to be honest. Because I think the next scene was uh, uh, yeah, Malcolm McDowell turning into the tyrant. Um, just, yeah, oh God. Adam, what do you think of the sort of look of the film? Oh, I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> I want to talk more about ducks and Chiquito. <laughs> oh, do you want to know some more facts? <laughs> oh, I'll give you one. Give, give us one more. Um, Better be good. Its scientific name is Anas Krika. Adam, what do you think, think of the look of Silent that. Hill Revelation? <laughs> uh, it's, it's just... Compared to the first one, which which had so much going for it. It had a very unique aesthetic. It just Mm. is, it just feels so generic after that one for being again, yeah, budget, but it, there's no excuse really. You can't just be like, well, they had less money. It's like, well, that's not our fault. (laughs) Like that. Utilize that. They did it. Right. It comes down to. So it was, it, it, it was just very, disappointing there was yeah. lots going on with nothing going on and it just didn't really make sense you know even aesthetically like it was so much more confused than the first one in the in the first one you knew when things were going to get crazy mm-hmm. whereas in this one it nothing you know if you watch crazy. the first one there's almost no jump scares in it mm. Whereas this one does a lot of like stupid jump scary yeah. stuff, and it's just that that to me is a sign of like <laughs> Actually, no imagination. We didn't even point that out that near the beginning of the film, there's a jump scare that's a pop tart coming out of a toaster. God, yeah, yeah. Well. yeah just that, that's I feel like the scariest thing in this movie. <laughs> yeah, in comparison to the previous film with the nurse corridor, like yeah, it, it oh. God, Lord. <laughs> in the first movie, the nurses are activated by light. And in the yeah. second movie, they're activated by sound. In the second movie, they're so, activated uh, by script. That's... That's... So, in the third uh, movie, that doesn't happen. They're activated by smell. Yeah. <laughs> so so the male tea, teal duck has, chestnut, has a chestnut-colored head <laughs> and broad green-eyed patches. It has a spotted chest, gray flanks, and a black-edged yellow tail. So I'm going to go around the room and let everyone just sort of say their final thoughts and sort of sum it <laughs> up because I think we I think we're spent on this. Um, I my final review on this is I literally ended the film with my head in my hands. I just it's this is some of the worst tripe I've ever seen. I have I'm going to be completely brutally honest. Like I, I will never ever watch this film again. Um, yeah, there's no way. It's absolutely terrible. Um, yeah, J- let's go, James. Since you don't want to be overly negative, let's get it out of the way now. What are your your final? Uh, final yeah, words? sure. So, um, in winter, birds congregate <laughs> oh, no. in low lying wetlands in the south and west of Europe. Of these, many are continental <laughs> birds from around the Baltic and Siberia. Siberia. At this time, the UK is home to a significant. Uh, number- right there, we go. Uh, Steve, what's your final? <laughs> what's so, your final thoughts? Okay, right. Being as as plain 
and as, as compassionate and as charitable as it can be. If you're a fan of Silent Hill 3, do not go anywhere near this film. If you're a fan of the first Silent Hill film, do not go anywhere near this film. If you are that <laughs> curious about the narrative, read a synopsis. Like, you know, do not waste your time. Do not waste your life with this film. Okay? Anything that this film could do arguably is a strength. Other films have done better. Its predecessor has done better. It is the worst film we have ever watched on this podcast. Mm. Bar none. Right? I mean, like I said, narratively speaking, maybe some of the Resident Evil films might beat it in terms of lower quality. What a strange competition. But this is garbage. Complete garbage. Despite the quality of the actors. <laughs> I like, love how the, calmly the, you said all this. It's, 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 it's weird because now you said that the, the, the main writer behind this goes on to do like Altered Carbon and mm. stuff like that later in the career. Stuff that I genuinely enjoy. I'm even more pissed off because they clearly <laughs> had the potential but they didn't use it <laughs> oh and adam what are your final thoughts on silent hill revelation um in all honesty yeah don't watch it it sucks yeah um also uh a group of eurasian tills is called a spring <laughs> oh no Oh, man. So nothing else remains for me but to thank... Wait, actually, I said a lie. There was one final thing that I wanted to talk about, which is the future. Um, I put this in the polls section of the Discord server. Uh, Christoph Gans, the director of the original film, was talking about it at the start of the year. Uh, he would like to make another Silent Hill movie. And I put it to the Discord server, how everyone would feel about this. And uh, say for one person, everyone gave a thumbs up. So... Um, yeah, I think is it safe to assume with everyone here that in the right hands they'd like to see another Silent Hill film, or are you being too burned? No, I could go for it again. You know, yeah, yeah, with 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 the direct from the first movie, yeah, I I would I would watch it because he's clearly a fan. Yeah, same. I would I would definitely uh, I would definitely be down for another another film from him. Mm -hmm. It'd be interesting to see what they would do with it. I, I, I Silent Hill downpour. Yeah, well, I don't know if what if he wanted to adapt anything <laughs> just... or create a sequel or reboot it or anything like that. Who knows? But um, Silent Hill is in a weird place PT. right now. E.T. E oh, P.T. E.T. E that's something else. Yeah, I want him to do a Silent Hill E.T. <laughs> mashup. <laughs> I mean, Silent Hill is in a really strange place right now, um, obviously, but with the Dead by Daylight stuff and the rumours of a new film, uh, of a new game coming, it could happen. It could happen. There could be a film... You know, it could be a, a, a big research of Silent Hill coming. Um, yeah, I'd be all for it, to be honest. Uh, a nice new wave, um, literally, uh, of Silent Hill media to wash over things like this last film that we just talked about would be very, very welcome. We I I did just before. get a Silent Hill game last year, though, so that's could be it. I was going to say, where does this stack up in terms of game releases? When did this film come out? This is around the time of Downpour, right? Um, 2012. Think, uh, let's have a look at the the Silent Hill. Yeah, same year, 2012. So this is about the time when the franchise was. Let's be fair. Let's be fair. It wasn't its last legs, isn't it? Anyway, yeah. I'm not saying that PT wasn't a great. When it really shit the bed. Yeah, yeah. downpour, and then before it, homecoming. You know that they weren't exactly, should we say, gold star titles. Konami um, just makes pachinko machines now as well. That's where they make all their money, so they don't care. Mm. 
So who knows what the future holds? Yeah, it looks. Of, considering where it where it ended there, it does possibly look bright going forward. That's it's a real shame that we haven't had consistent good Silent Hill games as well because it's such a great premise. Mm-hmm. It's a genuinely fascinating universe. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, I'm sure in the future, we'll probably talk about some more of those installments as well, because it's it's a series that's, um, I think we're all all massive Maybe fans I'll of, actually you know. play one. <laughs> yeah, who'd have thought? Um, in the cruelest <laughs> terms, can I just say one last thing? And this is not meant to be a slight or a mean thing, but if you want a really good Silent Hill film, watch Jacob's Ladder. That's so true. That is so true. We talked about it in the Silent Hill podcast. but We I, did, yeah, yeah. I couldn't recommend that enough, actually. Um yeah, that and the first Silent Hill film are, 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 are worth watching. I Between them, I would almost say, you know, go Jacob's Ladder, personally. But that's nothing on the original Silent Hill film. As you said, it was very enjoyable. But, um, yeah, I really enjoyed Jacob's Ladder. The, the longer I sort of live with it in my memory, the, the the better it gets. Just, you know, put in the back of your mind, if, you, if, you, if you're on the fence, it's the film that inspired pretty much everything that Silent Hill does. Not, yep. All right, not 100% everything, but all of its strong points. Mm-hmm. So the uh, the nineteen ninety film, is that? Because I've not mm-hmm. watched Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, very much would recommend. Maybe we'll do, may, who knows, maybe we'll even cover that one day. But yeah, there's plenty we'll more. We'll do that Silent one Hill after games. Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> That's right. There's plenty more Silent Hill games for us to talk about, I'm sure, in future bonus episodes. Uh, nothing else remains for me but to thank our contributors and our patrons once again. Support the show for as little as $1 a month to help us create more bonus content like this one over at patreon.com forward slash Pod. You can also join our Discord server where you can discuss Resident Evil with us and other fans as well as various other subjects and listen to the main show live as it's being recorded. The link to the server is in the description of this podcast and also on our social media profiles. You can follow us on Twitter at Pod, on Instagram at FASPRAYPOD on our Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Pod. You can find the podcast on YouTube, Stitcher, Spotify, and iTunes. And if you enjoy the show, then please do leave us your iTunes review if you can. It helps spread the word. Our next bonus episode will be an overview of one of gaming's longest-running... I won't say horror, but horror-inspired series, Castlevania. Where we'll, where we'll take a general look at the 34-year history. Thank you to the panel. You can follow all of the Pueblo people individually. I'm at Siniac underscore one, two, three. Steve is at FB. Steve was taken. Adam is at AdVicus01. And James is at Moist Owlet OFF. And finally, thank you for listening and have a good week. Also, you can find more facts about Tills at at Ducks Unlimited. (laughs) Not sponsored. Yeah, hashtag not sponsored. (laughs) That was wonderful. Good episode. I I love how it went to red letter media levels of crazy. (laughs) 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 It's going to the second film. Um, So the editing's going to be fun on that. It's funny because... I can't remember what movie we did that. When, when a movie's bad, it's almost impossible to talk, talk about, about it. it in a structured sense. Exactly. It happens can't. every time, doesn't it? Um, and, and I think the reason that is because, like, it doesn't stay... Like, mm. the movie doesn't stay with me. Like, I'm just like, I can only talk about it in a completely loose sense because it's just scattered already in my head. Yeah, totally. Like, yeah. I have my no idea what's going on. I don't even yeah. know if I if I really hit half of them, but I, we definitely got a across. So <laughs> the film 
that, you know, as much as it, it can seem a bit crass and silly, I think that second film deserved it. Like, yes. if they're going to only put half a heart in, then we're going to have fun. <laughs> That's know? right. Yeah, it was yeah, all a load of <laughs> Indeed. Uh, James, so you haven't played Silent Hill three, huh? No, I've only I've only played Silent Hill one actually. Ooh, oh, bro, okay. you never played two? I mean, I haven't played it either, but I've watched it. 